As a writer, I started journaling as soon as I could pick up a pen. In 2010, I decided to journal in a much more public way by creating my blog at thisthing.com. That's what he said is an extension of my blog and what I like to consider a weekly peek into my personal journals. As someone who's always had a knack for making the ordinary extraordinary, each week you can expect to hear all about what the hell I've been doing, what I'm reading, watching, and listening to, and plenty of opinions and asides along the way. Consider me your office bestie you don't hang out with outside of work, but love to catch up with. Welcome to That's What He Said. God. Hey guys, this is Emma's Thing reporting live from Stressville, population one. Um, I have never felt more chaotic in my life, which is saying a lot because like I'm a pretty chaotic person. Um, but let me tell you, the last couple weeks leading up to a wedding are <laughs> anything but chill. Even if you are overly prepared, I feel like every day there's another little something that I think, oh fuck, we need to figure that out. I'm not going to go on about that too, too much because we have some things to get into before today's guest that I am so excited about, you guys. So if you've been listening, you know that the only people who have ever been on my podcast are my mom, my sister, and my best friend, Whitney. But today I'm bringing on my first non-related, non-best friend guest and her name is Emily All and you spell that H-U-L-L. She is the mastermind behind the Instagram account All Organized and I just can't wait for you to hear her story. She is one of the funniest people I've ever met. I did go to college with her at University of Kansas, but she was a year older than me and her and my sister were more so friends than her and I were, but we like ran in similar groups. So, you know, we've we've always been friends, but not, you know, besties for the resties. And she just started this incredible endeavor of offering her insane organizational skills to people in her area. She's based out of Kansas City and is just spending her days at the container store and making people's home dreams come true by reorganizing their pantries and kitchens and closets. And it's really, really awesome. And I've obviously been on a very big organizational kick lately, and that's what inspired to ask her if she would come on to my podcast. So um, that will be part three. So before we get there, let's dive in really quickly to what the hell I've even been doing. All right. So last Thursday was a very, very exciting day in this whole wedding journey. It was exactly a month out from our wedding and we went to the Dallas County clerk's office and we picked up our marriage license and it was a very weird kind of experience, but at the same time, it was so lovely. Basically, the way that it works here is you go, you sit down in this guy's little office space and he just makes you go through your information like three times to ensure everyone's name, everyone's legal name is spelled correctly, the county that you were born in is correct, all of that stuff. And 
you have 90 days from the point of when you get your marriage certificate to get married. So I felt like 30 days out was a pretty good time to go do that. So um, Zach and I met up and we did that and it was really special. And not going to lie, I did tear up when this really super awkward guy (laughs) handed us our marriage certificate um, and we celebrated by getting a quick lunch at this place downtown called commissary i've only been there one other time because it's just dallas is downtown it's not super convenient it's like for parking and getting around it just kind of sucks but the commissary is delicious they have fresh sandwiches and soups and salads and desserts and coffee and all of it is just really really good so we did that and then we went on with our days but you know getting the marriage license kind of started once again to spark uh the long list of everything that i need to get done for our wedding and so i tried to overcome it and go to the gym but literally i got to the gym that day and i was just sitting there like i can't be here right now like there are other things that i can and should be doing that are going to take priority over working out my legs at this moment. So I actually left and ended up going to the mall and doing some things there. Um, So that was our Thursday. And then Friday, I woke up with the intention to make up for the missed workout on Wednesday. And I wanted to start with a long walk on the Katy Trail. And this is like such a fucking privilege problem. I'm well aware of that, but I just have to say, because it's very relatable and annoying. I, you know, wanted to get ahead of the crowd at the Starbucks that's right by the Katy Trail, because especially because I know it gets very crowded on Fridays and throughout the weekend. And I put in a Uh, mobile order and it wasn't until I pulled up and parked my car in the parking lot that I realized the mobile order never went through so um I, I was like very much on a timeline that day and so it was just annoying like the line was literally out the fucking door it's not like that during the weekday so I had to wait I got my coffee I was like uh maybe I'll just do a quick walk because I've already like wasted so much time waiting for coffee But I was really proud of myself. I ended up doing an hour and then I followed it with a lift at the gym. And Friday, I don't even remember. I mean, I worked. I just wrapped things up for the week, yada, yada, yada. And then when Zach got home on Friday night, we didn't really have a plan at all, which I will say that having no plan is the plan for the next 25 days. I'm I'm now recording podcasts on Tuesdays. So that's why I say 25 days. I know that you are not keeping count or it doesn't really matter, but whatever, I'm insane. Um, Our plan is to not have any plans, no social anythings, except for Merritt's um, Texas OU party, the literal Saturday before our wedding. That is our only plan. Any freaking free time we have is going to be Um, dedicated to figuring out our nuptials and all the things that have to get done. (laughs) So anyway, with no plan, we were kind of like aimless on Friday night. And we actually ended up at Velvet Taco, which I have shit on for the last many, many years because I just don't understand how you could put like chicken and mashed potatoes into a flour tortilla and call it a taco like I don't like novelty tacos like that I really just love very simple street tacos however the like we were running out of options more or less and so 
We went there. I looked at the menu ahead of time and I was like, oh, I've never seen this Mexicali shrimp taco that actually sounds really good. And I know that their queso is good, so maybe I can make this work. And surprise, surprise, I did. The Mexicali shrimp taco was freaking delicious. It was so fucking good. And then their queso blanco is also insane and it's loaded, which makes it even better. And we each got our frozen marg, which holy shit, they will knock you on your ass. Uh, I would not recommend having more than one. We each had exactly one and we both were very much feeling it. And that's all we needed for the night. So it ended up being a really sweet, cute, casual Friday. And then Saturday, Zach's business partner has Bowie's sister. So that's the reason really that Zach even got a bulldog. He was just kind of like, not peer pressured into it, but it just made sense because the business partner was getting one and Zach was like, well, I want a dog. And oh, that'd be cool if they were like siblings. So they were going to a concert in San Antonio. So we were watching their bulldog, Ruby. She's a girl for Saturday night. Um, And so once she got dropped off in the morning, really the whole day was kind of about just doing stuff around the house. Um, We, you know, had football on the whole day. I really wanted to get a workout in, but I didn't want to come back into Zach's office office slash my podcast recording room slash our home gym. I wanted to stay out in the main room with all the dogs and Zach and watch football, but like do a workout. So Zach, like the men she is, pulled the dumbbells that I needed and the bench and everything into the blue room. That was really sweet of him. Um, Got a really good chest workout in actually um an ab workout I was sore as fuck on Sunday so and then on Saturday night Merritt came over with her uh French bulldog Reese's who I just can't get over how well named she is like she literally looks like a Reese's peanut butter cup it's pretty amazing um and I did homemade pizza I haven't done that in freaking forever like we were doing that all the time at for like a stretch of time and then kind of just stopped. But it is the best dough. My sister discovered the recipe um, and the dough and the sauce recipe, all that is on my blog on msthing.com under the cooking section. Um, If you want to make your own pizza dough at home, I will definitely link that in the show notes. Um, But yeah, we had really freaking delicious pizza. We had four dogs under our roof. It was pretty chaotic I would say for the first like 45 minutes I mean the two bulldogs were like all up in Reese's shit trying to figure out what her deal was and but eventually everyone calmed down and literally just ignored each other which is you know that's what you want really with dogs um so it was lovely and we had wine and Merritt left Merritt left literally like 8 30 and I, she, she said on her podcast this week that she was in bed by nine, um, same, but the couch, like I literally was passed out on the couch by nine o'clock that evening. Um, just tired and maybe like a little overserved with the wine. I got excited. And then on Sunday and then Sunday, it was a very big day because we were going back to suit supply to pick up the lost suit of the lost wedding suit of Zach's that they just misplaced somehow. So I did a quick mile walk at home on the treadmill and we got ready and we went to suit supply and um, got a suit. You know, he had it on. We did alterations. It looks so good. Like 
Oh my gosh. It's just, he's going to look so freaking handsome. And like, I love that for him because I know so much of the wedding, it's like about the bride and her gown and all of that, but I want him to feel amazing. And I'm pretty sure that he does. So once we did alterations there, we went next door in West Village to this salad and uh, sandwich shop called Mendocino Farms. Mendocino Farms. Um, I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, I want to say that it's like, quote unquote, healthy, but at the same time, everything is really fucking caloric on the menu. Like they offer healthy sides only. Like you can't get fries or anything like that. Like, you know, it's like a kale and apple salad or like a white bean side or something like that. Um, I got half, I got a half sandwich of their not so fried chicken sandwich and it was good. I just think that there are probably better ways to spend my calories. Um, And there was almost like too much going on with it. You know, when like they're just sandwich places are trying to do the most and there's like three different sauces. Like, I don't need that shit. Just keep it simple. But it was fine. And then we went to the mall because uh, we realized that we need to get Zach some freaking wedding shoes. And also he's wanting to update his eyeglass frames for a little bit. So quick story about his um, glasses. He had this pair of like rectangular-ish glasses when we first met. They were black and they were really nice. Like they were by, I don't remember actually who they're by, James Pierce, Pierce or something like that. Anyway, they were great. And, um, And then one very unfortunate afternoon, just a couple months into dating, um, Zach accidentally stepped on them and I felt like it was my fault. I don't remember why I thought it was my fault because I think everything's my fault. But anyway, at the time he was like, honestly, it's fine. I probably needed to update them anyway. So he's been wearing his round tortoiseshell Warby Parker glasses for the last, I God, oh my God, it's been like two years. I was about to say a year, but no, I mean, Yeah, those are the next ones he got after um, we broke his other ones. And so um, he's just been wanting an update. So we found his wedding shoes and they're perfect and they're awesome. And then we went to um, Oliver Peoples for frames, which I will say I have. We've been in there a couple times to look at frames, but every single time whoever is working there they suck. Like they're not friendly. They have no interest in helping. They're not knowledgeable. And I was like, I just, let's go look one more time today. I just have a good feeling about it. Maybe we'll get someone who knows their shit and actually like wants to help us find the frames for your face. And lo and behold, the universe answered. It was this marvelous guy. I think his name was Edward. And he was immediately engaging and he knew what the fuck he was talking about. He literally was able to look at Zach's face as like, you know, as like an eyeglass person should be able to do he looked at Zach's face and was able to say uh round is definitely for him because his face is more angular angular and it took us like maybe three glasses and Zach put on the pair the pair and they are so fucking perfect I know this is like such a stupid thing (laughs) to be telling you guys about like who gives a shit Emma but whatever you're listening hi um it's like they were made for his face and they also were created um, by a Japanese architect which is pretty incredible because 
Zach has very strong ties to Japan and Japanese everything because of his dad. His dad has been a samurai sword collector for years, like big time, big time shit, goes to trade shows like he is like the guy. And um, so Zach has these ties to it and Zach's an architect. So we were like, oh, my God. So that was really exciting. Uh, and then we left the mall and, uh, you know, a few hours later, Ruby's parents came and picked her up and we ended the weekend by going to Sasa Sushi. That's so hard to say. Sasa Sushi, which is um, a really great sushi place in the Lakewood area of Dallas. You know, we just got like a couple rolls and cheers to the weekend. Cheers to basically getting all of Zach's wedding gear figured out. We also, um, ended up ordering all his groomsmen's ties the same night. So we were just on a fucking roll on Sunday. So that was awesome. Um, and now it's Tuesday. So, you know, I'm just trying my best to manage all of the wedding stress. Um, it's a lot. I know everything's going to get done. Um, I know that. But, you know, sometimes you just start spiraling and you feel like, it's not. And how could it possibly? But we have, I mean, we really have accomplished so much. Really like the little stuff that's left now is like, um, you know, name cards for the table. We have to finalize the seating chart and make sure that that works. Um, and then we have to design and print the uh, ceremony pamphlet and the dinner menu and like the little notes that are going to go in the welcome gifts that we drop off at people hotels people's hotel rooms and all of that stuff um which I wrote all the copy for that um over the weekend and that was really fun for me obviously it was like I mean that's that's what I do um and I was kind of stressing out thinking fuck this is going to be another you know $500 worth of paper goods we have to freaking print um but my sister was like no I'm going to design them from scratch and print them off at work on good paper so we can avoid all of that so those are kind of like the big small things that are left. The timeline's coming together. We had a um, a call with our photographer last week and like went through the nitty gritty of timeline. And I am, we are working on our not, I wouldn't say it's a wedding playlist. Like, you know, my friend Eric, uh, DJ Ricky Don't, he is DJing our wedding and I trust him implicitly because he knows what I like. He is, I mean, he's amazing at DJing. Like his shows when he has spun are the best ones that I've ever been to. Um, so I have no worries about that. We're just creating a very short list of must plays. And then I am giving him a list of do not plays, even though he already knows, he already knows what we don't want to hear, but just in case. And then also, you know, giving him timestamps of like first dance, uh, father, daughter, mother, son, all of that stuff. And then we're going to create a short like playlist for the uh, prelude, which is, you know, the music that is playing while everyone's filing in, taking their seats, all of that. Um, you know, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of things to think about but yeah so that's that is currently what's going on right now and speaking of the wedding and everything like that I have not decided whether the 
my my last podcast episode for a while is going to be October 6th or October 13th. I don't know. It just kind of depends on how the next few weeks shake out and how stressed I am and if I feel like I have the time to record up until, you know, the week of our wedding. Um, So we will see. I will keep you guys posted on all of that. But yes, it's going to be sad because we have our wedding and then we go on our honeymoon. So, you know, I won't I won't be posting a new episode until like maybe the first week of November, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Again, jet lag. We just got to see guys. We just got to see. And with that, let's move into part two where I talk about what I have been reading, watching and listening to lately. So really with everything going on lately, um, we haven't started anything. Oh, yes, we did. Oh, my God, Emma, just interrupting myself. We started Great British baking show over the weekend. I literally, you guys, this is my absolute favorite reality competition show that's ever been created. I usually hate any and all of them of the sort, but there is absolutely nothing like GBBS. It is just, it's perfect. It's literally perfect. So the new season dropped on Friday, I believe. And I can't remember when we watched over the weekend, but we watched it and we we like to um we like to within the first episode say who we think is going to win the entire show so um we both did that but honestly it's been one episode so i don't even remember the name of the person i said i will update you guys about that as we continue watching the season but we already made our bets on that and oh my god, I can't believe the host who lost so much freaking weight. Matt Lucas is his name. And I was just blown away. And of course, like immediately had to Google and see what the deal was. And he lost it in a super healthy way. And there wasn't any like one big event. Um, there's interviews with him about it. And he basically was just like, I was so fucking unhealthy and my dad died uh, really suddenly at like 52 and my grandfather died the same at like 56 and I was going down that road and so I just decided to you know take charge of my health and he writes about how he's never been like a big drinker or anything like that so it wasn't it had nothing to do with like you know, not partying anymore. He was like, it's literally just food. Like I just eat so much of it. So I essentially just started eating less of it and I've lost a lot of weight. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Which leads me into what I've been listening to lately. And I am just so, uh, I'm obsessed with this episode um, of this podcast. And so I want to tell you guys really quickly. I just want to plug it really quickly. So I love Barry Weiss. Barry Weiss is a journalist who used to work for the New York Times for a long time. And that was always like her life goal to do that. She is Jewish. She is a lesbian. She actually, I think, just welcomed her first kid with her wife or like they're about to have their kid or something like that. And she is, uh, by all means, a liberal. However, when she was working at the New York Times, when basically like in the last few years that she was working there, she just started to see and hear some shit that she really 
did not agree with and that really upset her and she kind of saw like their agenda and what the fuck was going on behind the scenes and like the stories they chose to run and the ones that they chose not to run and how like one-sided everything was and so she left she was like fuck this I'm out I know I've worked my whole life to write for them but I just feel like there is more to every story and I want to go out there and be honest about it and so she created her own podcast and subsequent um, substack called well her podcast is called honestly and her substack is called common sense and like I said Barry is liberal and always has been but she is one of the only liberal people out there anymore who is willing to have really uncomfortable tough conversations with people who don't hold the same viewpoints as her and who challenge her and she challenges them and you just are not hearing that as much anymore like you know we all kind of get siloed into this one stream of um, opinion and voice within our feeds and we don't see anything else and I think for some things that's fine but I think for a lot of things it's like you have to at least be willing to have the conversation and Barry does exactly that. Um, so I listen to her podcast called Honestly uh, Weekly, and I am subscribed to her Common Sense Substack, which there's so much good shit in there. Like the topics just are, they just range. They just have such a range. Um, but I will admit that some of them are really long and I don't always have the time to sit and read them, but I should make the time. I'm working on that. Anyway, last week, Barry's podcast episode was called Eating Ourselves to Death. And she is talking to a woman, uh, Dr. Casey Means, throughout the episode, who kind of had a similar story to Barry's. Um, Casey was in her ninth year of medical school. Like she was about to graduate from her last, or like be done with her last residency and go on to be a full-time doctor in the hospital. And she you know, like Barry, got to a point where she just saw too much going on behind the scenes that she didn't agree with, that she was sick to her stomach about. And she realized that patients were not getting better. And the system is set up to kind of almost ensure that they don't. So there is a reason for Big Farm and, you know, putting them on all these different medications And all of that stuff. And then she went into this like really intense journey of uh, metabolic health and how to better it and what it all means and what you can do to make your metabolism work better for you. And it's just without giving too much away and because like I can't say it as eloquently, it is a really eye-opening episode all about America's health and um you know, massive epidemic with obesity and all the things that we're doing wrong, but all the things that we could do right and all of the studies showing the differences between the two. And I just, I learned a lot from it and I was very, very inspired from it. And I will say that as of, like, since I listened to it, I... And probably because the wedding is like three and a half weeks away, I am very focused on trying to only eat whole foods right now, nothing processed. 
Um, you know, I'm trying to cook every single meal that we have. I mean, the weekends are a different story, but Monday through Friday, just whole foods, you know, getting enough sleep, you know, continuing to move my body, all the things that I usually do, but being like even more aware of it. She also hates impossible meat. Um, it's full of really bad shit for you. And she loves intermittent fasting. There's just a lot of nuggets. So I really suggest if you're into health and wellness and any of that stuff and you can keep your mind open, I would definitely suggest listening to that specific episode. And as always, I link it in the show notes. And very quickly for what I have been reading lately, I decided, so I ordered a few new books, which I talked about last week. I decided because the Court of Frost and Starlight is such a short book that I'm just going to go ahead and knock that one out. I think it'll be like an easy, fluffy read for me between now and everything. Um, So I have started that as of last night. I will let you guys know my thoughts on it when I am done. And with that, without further ado, let's get into my one-on-one conversation with Emily All of All Organized and talk about how the hell you can get your home in better shape. So Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is my very first podcast and my very first like actual sit, well, yeah, sit down conversation of someone asking me about my- But what about, weren't you featured in something? Yeah, I had like a little apartment therapy article, but that was like, that was like just via email. And I had, I had another, okay, so yeah, I have had another thing, but my first podcast. Okay, well, I'm so excited to have you on, as you may or may not know, um, the only guests I've ever had on are relatives or my best friend, Whitney. So (laughs) this is really exciting for me and I'm sure for my listeners. Um, so I kind of like, I kind of give you like a little intro before you and I hop on, like you'll hear that. So people kind of know what they're getting into, but why don't you give us a brief synopsis of who you are, where you live, what your social security is, you know, just like casual stuff like that. Okay. Do you want me to start with my bank account numbers? Yeah, that's fine. If everyone just wants to grab a pen, (laughs) just grab a pen. I'll wait. No. Um, okay. I am living in Kansas city. I live in the suburbs of Kansas city. I live in Olathe Okay. and I am married to my husband and I teach. Wait, 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 wait. You're what? married to your husband. Oh my God. I'm married to a man. <laughs> I'm married to my husband. Yes. Um, Casey and I have been together for almost 10 years. Wow. We met um, at this super swanky, sophisticated place called The Hawk. <laughs> and I was like, it's the story that you hope that your children like get to hear one day gather out around the fireplace. Like, I'm blackout drunk. He's right. high as a kite. Like, <laughs> I don't know my name. And then, you know, we've been together ever since. So that's amazing. So you guys met, you guys met post-graduation. We met two weeks before graduation. 
wait, but you said you've been together for almost 10 years. Well, we've been together for 15 years. We've been married almost 10 years. Oh, sorry. I don't know all that language. Like, your math. I'm like, just like confused <laughs> as to when I get married, like, Oh, but yeah. am I, am I telling people like, do I say we've been together as long as we've been married or like, since we've been together, you know, I don't know, but I, I mean, you can do what I just did. You're like, we've been together for a long time. I don't know. We've been, we've been married 10 years. We have two kids. I've got Charlie who is five. He just started kindergarten. Oh my God. Sophie is three and a half. Sophie. Little Daisy. Daisy's I love it. Davy Daisy's what? She's four. Oh, I thought you said 14. I was like, damn. Okay. Oh, she's got a while to go. Wow. I have so many questions. Yeah, girl. But the first is kind of like, if you want to share your career journey, like what were you doing before you dove headfirst into being an organizational slut? God. I mean, how far back do you want to go? Do you want to just go from like Let's do like post-grad, like what was your first big girl job? Okay. Well, graduated in 2008 in the height of the recession. Um, Amazing. I, I think we had the same degree. The Did you go to, you were in the school of journalism, right? I was. Okay. So it was basically like a marketing advertising. Yeah. Degree, right. And yes. In 2008, everyone was like, we don't want you. Like. <laughs> Don't yes. come here with your ratty little resume. Like, don't even look at us. Don't look at us. Um, and so I moved to Chicago, and I got a, I got a job here in Kansas City first at Nordstrom, and then I transferred to Chicago. So I was like, well, I, I at least have to go do something that I that I want to do, which is yeah. go in a big city. And worked at the Nordstrom there off Michigan Avenue and nannied. And then while I was like having my midlife crisis of like all my friends are doctors and lawyers and, you know, going to med school, I'm hanging fancy clothes on a rack and, <laughs> and like telling homeless people that they can't wear the jeans home you know oh my god I'm not kidding you but like yes anyway that um, is big city living it was crazy I had a guy come in um or or a what appeared to be a grandmother come in and he said I would like <laughs> to apply for a um a Nordstrom credit card and he had a security card a, a security uh number card and what is that called social, social security, security card? card he had a driver's license all of this elderly woman so he had stolen all of her belongings oh rest I mean every day was it <gasps> oh was my god so anyway um I was nannying I was working at Nordstrom and then I was I decided to go back to school as all my millennial friends did back in that time and get my master's in elementary education. And then I taught fourth and fifth grades. What, what drew you to that? Like, what was your aha moment? Like I want to teach kids. Um, I think I've always, I've always loved kids. I've always loved school. And I think being a teacher always was in the back of my mind, but I was like, eh, 
I don't know. Teachers don't get paid very much. Like, yeah, let's not do that, which they should be. They should be the billionaires, but oh my God, absolutely. And I think another big component of it was I wanted job security. Yeah. I think not being able to find a job and something like advertising and marketing, I was like, well, teachers are always going to need. Yeah. Teaching hired. So in teaching. So I did that and I teaches, you know, teachers got to (laughs) teach. And uh, yeah, so I did that and I really liked that. And then I had um, my son, Charlie. And then when I was looking or going about going back or whether staying home, I decided to stay home. And Sophie came shortly thereafter. And then when I was about to go back to teaching in 2019, um, 2020 came around and I was like, this is not the time to make my entrance back into education. Yeah, no shit. Nor should I be like sending my one and three-year-old back to like daycare or it was just such a crazy time. So yeah, last year I actually taught preschool and started the organization business a year ago. Wow. Okay. Okay. I didn't really answer your question. No, you did. You totally did. Okay. So you said that you were teaching preschool last year. Yeah. So 2020, you just like, were you just stayed home momming? Like, yeah, 2020, we were all at home and okay. we we're just locked inside. And I guess that's, that is when the organization really peaked back up. I've noticed I've always been a tidy person. I've always like really, but focused more kind of like an, on interior design and like making a house a home and aesthetics and things like that. But I've noticed with in times of stress or chaos or unknown, I really focus on being organized and I find a lot of control and peace and like Zen in my environment. If I can control my environment then everything else seems less overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I've definitely noticed within myself too, like when I am super freaking anxious, my like go-to is to clean, like whether that be physically like vacuuming and like wiping stuff down or like, you know what, today's a good day for like a closet overhaul. Like that's my go-to. Um, I'm sure there are tons of articles written about that. So, so you're saying that like when 2020 came about, you guys were all stuck at home and like, you've always been this tiny person, but did your, did your organization look like it does now? Or is that when that kind of started happening? And then also to add on to that question, I have to ask this, was the home edit becoming a show? Did that play into that? Or did they kind of just like, uh, like, were they parallel or did that impact your passion in any way? Yeah, I think, well, definitely being at home. Well, let me backtrack. Being a teacher, especially in the elementary school age, like it is imperative to be super organized. 
like not only for like my well-being, but for like the 34th or fifth graders in my room, like they need to know where to find things, where to put things, what happens when like I don't have a pencil, what happens when I want to turn in my homework, what there's so many different systems that you have to have in place and that's going to eliminate um, stress and frustration on my level and then also give us so much time. And so I think that's when it really became like, oh, this isn't just about aesthetics. This is about like having a functional, successful classroom and not being like at my wits end, trying to direct traffic with, with all of these kids. And then the same thing with like becoming a mom, when you are, kids come with so much fucking shit, especially <laughs> like here's 30, 30 bottles. Here's a bunch of pacifiers. Here's like 90 tiny socks. Here's all your onesies. Here's 18 different sizes of diapers. And again, I think when I was pregnant, not so much after I had the baby, but when I was pregnant with Charlie, I was so anxious. And that's when I went into overdrive of like, well, if I can't control, like if my baby's going to be healthier, if I'm going to have a great labor, like at least all of these pacifiers will be in a container and they will like be in rainbow order. And I'll know exactly where they are and where to get them. Yes. So I think that's what happened again in 2020 when, I mean, I'm sure you, everyone was freaked out, but I had like a 10 month old and a two year old and I was, or I guess he was three and like watching the news every day. You're like, well, I guess this is when we all die. Like, I don't, you know, (laughs) And so I was like, we're staying at home. This home is going to be so disinfected and so clean and everything is going to be contained and perfect. You know, so when we die, we can, at least people, when they find our bodies, they can admire our cabinets. (laughs) At least they'll be like, wow, all the olive oils are in one place on like this amazing turntable in the pantry. (laughs) Look at this, (laughs) this genius. No, but to get back to like the home edit, when those came out, it was like first Marie Kondo. And then yeah. when I saw those, I wasn't like, oh, this is a great idea for a business. I was more like, oh, there's other people out there like me. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, like, did you have a moment like, oh my God, I'm not a freak. <laughs> it's probably like what, like a little like kid and like the sixties thought when he saw like a person in drag for the first time, he's yeah. like, Oh, like there's other people like me. Like it just, right. I didn't know that people, that it could be cool. Cause so many times organizing is seen as like a cleaning service or like, Oh, so are you just going to like target and buying a bunch of plastic bins and then just slapping a label on there and, and that's what you do. Right. Um, and they really took it more to like a design sense, an aesthetic sense, like um, this is form meets function. And like when you have people like celebrities, home edit had celebrities on there, they're getting super excited about it too. It suddenly became more cool. Right. That's so, I love that. That's so interesting. So I want to kind of like skip ahead a few thoughts and then like come back. I, yeah. For those of you guys listening, like I did send Emily some questions so she could be prepared and I'm going out of order because I'm not organized. So let's get in like to the meat of what you do. So like if someone hires you 
Yeah. What can they expect? Like kind of what is your process from the time when they hire you to like the finished product? The first thing that someone would do is reach out through the website and do like a form submission. And from there, we talk about whether you want an in-person consultation or a um, virtual like FaceTime consultation. And then after that, I'll send them an estimate based on like, these are the, pro- during our consultation, we'll talk about like what sort of products are you looking for? Like, what's your aesthetic? Do you like the woven, the clear, what would you like to look like? Right. What do you like about the space? What's driving you nuts? Budget. And then from there, I'll send them an, um, an estimate based on how much time I think it's going to take, how many hours, and then how much the product would cost. And then I'll also send them a customized mood board with those products that we talked about. And then once that's approved and we get a date on the calendar, I show up with like a whole SUV stuffed full of bins and baskets and dividers and whatever the project needs. And I go to town. So like yesterday I did a closet and clients, sometimes the clients want to work and be a part of the organizing. And sometimes they're out of town. Sometimes they're like, no, this is not, this is why I hired you. So right. please, please do this. And I don't mind either way. I just, I'm really upfront. Like that if you don't help me, that's great. Sometimes that's preferred. It just takes longer because right. there's less hands. But yesterday I did a closet and she wanted to be a part of the whole thing, which was great. So almost every single space, whether it's a bathroom or a closet, pantry, kitchen, I empty the entire thing and then put the new product in and then just piece it back together. But when you empty whatever it is, I noticed that you always like, you're not a cleaning service, but you do like dust bust or like, oh, yeah. like wipe things down, stuff like that. Um, so I know that it's probably different depending on if someone wants to like be there and help you. And if they don't, so if someone, let's say that someone's like, no, like this is your thing. I'm literally going to like leave for the afternoon and get my hair done. Yeah. Um, what kind of like parameters do they give you in terms of, do you say, okay, well, like, while I'm going through stuff, if I see that there's like the expiration dates, stuff like that, like, are they, are you just like willy nilly? You can just like toss things or how does that usually go? Okay. For like pantries are super, super easy when it gets to that. Um, because I'll say, Hey, are you okay with me getting rid of anything expired? Okay. And if they say no, I'm like, what's wrong with you? You're like, you're weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah. People aren't emotionally attached to like dry goods. So I, I'm normally really upfront. I'm said, I'll say if this is expired, let's get rid of it. If there's like four crackers left, left in the box, let's get rid of it. Okay. If we have a ton of duplicates of something, let's store as much as makes sense. And then let's either donate the rest or, you know, give it to a neighbor or something like that. Okay. With sometimes if the, if they aren't there, what I'll tend to do is I'll rehome as many things as I can. Like if I'm in, if I'm in a pantry and I'm finding a bunch of cleaning products, I'll, I'll 
put them with the cleaning products if I can find them. But if there's something that like doesn't make sense at all, I'm not gonna rifle through their whole house. I'll probably just set it aside and say, hey, here's a box, here's a small box of things that you can choose. I don't know what the fuck they are. But- I don't know what this is. So you guys could figure it out. <laughs> I've I found if you like think of it, I've found just about anything. I was gonna say like I mean you probably don't want to go into super detail but I definitely want to know like have you had any like really shitty experiences or projects yet or I mean knock on wood I've only had one where the client was really um ungrateful and unappreciative and like very critical (gasps) and and, um, yeah, and which was shocking because that project had the most, had, was maybe one of the biggest transformations and like the post I did on social media, people were like, holy shit, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. But I think they were just a very unhappy person. <laughs> I'm not saying that like that happened to me in teaching too. Like when I was, when I was nine months pregnant with Charlie, I had a teacher or a a parent like rip my ass about something that their kid did. And I think sometimes you're just going to run into people that like, they just want to, they just want to fight. They just want to, you know, take out their aggression. God, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. I've gotten a lot thicker skin I'm still pretty sensitive but I I mean my skin is really thick but I am very fragile but okay it used to be like tissue paper and now it's like construction paper okay I was gonna say like a paper towel construction paper is thicker I'm not like I'm working up to like card stock and cardboard let's go back really quick to your process so I feel like most of your projects are one day projects but do you offered them over an extended period or have you had any like that yeah I've had whole house projects that are like ongoing for like weeks wow um but they're not like consecutive day after day after day it might be like three days in a row and then they'll kind of so it's a lot of like renovation projects or move-in projects so I'll focus on one area um, for a few days, whether it's like a bedroom and then the kitchen, and then, um, it's just kind of more pieced together. So yeah, but the majority of them are one day I've had some kitchens that are two days. If someone wants a kitchen in their pantry done, and it's a pretty large house pantries, one day kitchens, the next, okay. um, but I try my best because I know how disruptive it is what I do I try my best to like most of the time I'm there at like 9 a.m and I'm done around five okay I mean that's a full ass day of work that is what they call a nine to five it's true Dolly Parton that is what she was thinking about she was thinking about organizing pantries (laughs) um so how has the leap from it sort of being like was it ever a side hustle for you or did you did it take to be it was supposed to be a side hustle what actually it was never like I never had a dream of of doing this it was more just kind of like this is fun I did my mom's pantry for fun I did like I would reorganize my friend's 
closets for fun. God, um, I wish I could literally fly you out here to do that for me. I love it. Oh my God. When I, this is a silly story. When <laughs> I was in elementary school, we had like a few teachers that were really into having the kids have organized desks and my, this, this will connect my mom, <laughs> like never bought like sugary cereals or like the, like the little dessert cakes and things that everyone else had, or like the pop tarts with the frosting on them. And so when it came time for those desk cleanouts, I'd be like, Hey, whoever wants their desks cleaned out, make sure if you've got a little Debbie stack in your, in your lunch, <laughs> I will do your desk, but you need to give me your nutty butter. Oh and- my God. That's hysterical. So you've been, this has like been in you since you were a child. Yes. Like play dates were like, let's play Barbies. And I'm like, yeah, but like, let's get her house ready or like, let's, let's get all the shoes together and then we'll let's like clean the toilets. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. So, so that's why I had two friends and no repeat play dates. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you were still a preschool teacher when you started doing all organized as a side hustle. And then when were you like, oh shit, like this is gonna, this is legit. Like I, this needs to be my full-time thing. Um, about halfway through the school year. So I, I started it because I, I hosted a, a bridal shower for a girlfriend and all my girlfriends were over and they were like putting stuff in all over the house, like bringing dishes. And my friend Katie was like, holy shit. And like your pantry is intense. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just my thing. She's like, you know, you could, you could do this. Like you could do that for people. I'm like, that's not a job. Like, come on. And she was like, no, like really, like I would, I would pay you to come do this to my house. Like, I don't have time to do this. And she, and like all, you know, the, you know, a gaggle of women, they can be very convincing. That's true. They were hyping me up and I'm like, yeah. I can do this. I'm going to fucking do this. And then I was like, yeah. And then I was like laying in bed one night. And I'm like, all, all, or- okay. All organized. I mean, you literally have the perfect last name. <laughs> well, when I was teaching, I called my kids, my all stars. So it's a, very- Oh my God. That's incredible. I know. Um, but no, it was always supposed to be a side hustle. I hustle. Hustle. I thought like Katie would be my client and maybe like a, a few of my mom's friends that felt sad for me would, <laughs> would do it. But I mean, Instagram's a crazy thing. Like, I mean, you know it, right? Tell it's, me about it. It can be so dark, but so fucking incredible in terms of connecting you with the right yeah. people. Like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And to, I mean, for anyone, but like for people to easily see what I do and to like see before and afters and, you know, be able to scroll through and be like, okay, what else does she do? Like that, that's huge Mm -hmm. to be put in front of such a large audience is, is huge. Yeah. That's amazing. Don't don't understand it. Every time I tell my mom, I'm like, Hey, I I got a job. She's like, well, how did they find you? Like, I think Instagram mom. And she's like, oh, 
that is just, um, and I finally had to break it down to her. I'm like, it's kind of like the yellow pages. It's kind of like that. That is, <laughs> that's a great way to explain it to the elders. No, she's really cute. Um, so like, so what, what was the moment or like the aha, whatever, where you were like, this is becoming like, I'm getting so many jobs to the point where I got to make a decision, like what it's, what I'm going to do. Yeah. It was definitely probably halfway through the school year. I was doing waking up super early to answer emails, then going to school and like, while the kids are eating lunch and I had a co-teacher and stuff, I'm like trying to like push like the order through. And then after, after school, I'm running to the container store. I'm like, this is not sustainable. And if mm, I want my kids to remember what I look like and my marriage to survive, (laughs) I need to not do both of these things. Wow. That's so awesome though. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, it's been, I did not expect it, but it's really been, it's been exciting. It's been, I've learned a lot about things I never wanted to learn about as far as like how to get an LLC and taxes and, you know, bank accounts and finances, like all these things that I'm like, can I just organize? I don't know. Please. Can you, we just, I'll take nutty butters, like, or, you know, like, just give me, I just want to be paid in little Debbie's. Can you give me some ding dongs? (laughs) (laughs) Ding dongs per hour. So, okay. So I have to ask, what is your favorite space to organize? And then what is your least favorite? Or like, maybe you don't have a least favorite, but what's like the number one frustration for you as a professional organizer? Right. Favorite space. It really depends. Um, but I think overall, maybe a pantry or a closet. Okay. My favorite, but the closet is mainly, um, determined by what's in it. Like if it's a really fun closet, you know, (laughs) a lot of pretty clothes and things like that's really fun. Yeah. Like a really cool space that can be fun, but I like pantries because they're so easy and like straightforward. Yeah. And the before and after the pantry is really satisfying. Yeah, for sure. Most frustrating is when people aren't willing to get rid of shit. Like that's, or they like, they have a really s- small space and they aren't willing to like cut back and live within that space. Interesting. You know, like if we have a small closet, like let's, let's make the most of this small closet and let's keep the very best and the most quality pieces. And let's invest in like, make our, make ourselves a capsule wardrobe and let's stop just stuffing 80,000 sorority (laughs) t-shirts. You're not going to wear. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would like, I'm not surprised with you saying that because yeah, people, the, the average person tends to hold on to stuff way longer than they ever should. And I think it's very much like a learned art to be able to like go into a situation like that. And I don't know, just be honest with yourself and be like, I'm never like, I'm never going to wear this again. I'm not going to like save it for my kid. It's just, it's time to go. Yes. 
and yeah. for those pieces too like let's keep the the very very special like baby blanket or thing you know your kiddo came out in from the hospital from right but if something's expensive and you're keeping it just for the sake of like oh my god I spent so much money on this like the money is already gone like you're not saving money by keeping the sweater right all you're doing is making yourself feel guilty and it's taking up space and it's a daily reminder of like a mistake like let's just get rid of it and learn from it and move on that is such a good approach no for real like I love that like yeah I mean what's the point of making yourself feel guilty like I bought this and wore it once okay well you're not like getting money back like holding on to it and the same thing like with like those pair of jeans that are too small like let's get rid of those like okay if you really are fluctuating up and down in your postpartum or whatever okay let's keep them but if like you've had them for a while and they're just making you feel shitty about yourself like it's way more powerful to get rid of that than to like have that there as a visual reminder that's just like you don't fit into these pants how are you feeling about that like get rid of just get rid of the pants and go buy some new pants (laughs) I love that that's so smart um okay so I know we have to wrap up soon I have oh my god I don't even have time for all the rest of the things I want to ask you but um if someone is looking to do this by themselves, like someone like me who doesn't have you as a resource. Like I was able to, so you guys will have seen this by the time this episode is posted and live, but basically I knew that Emily had this business and our bathroom closet was such a fucking mess and we were not utilizing it at all. And it always been bothering me. And because I'm in this like high anxiety, stress state with the wedding, I was like, I'm going to tackle this. And I asked Emily if I could send her a picture and was like, I'll pay you. And she was like, shut the fuck up. And I sent her a picture of my bathroom closet. And she was able to, after I told her like the dimension, she was able to tell me exactly what to order. And, and then she even went as far as to draw a diagram with like, color coordinate. It was an, it was insane. It was amazing. So if someone is like going in this alone and doesn't have someone like you to reach out to, what would be like your number one tip or kind of like insider insight to give to someone about organizing something in their home? Um, the first, if you have the time, the first thing would be to empty out the entire thing and go through it and say, what, what needs to be here? What doesn't need to be here? What, what's used, loved and needed? Everything else needs to go. I always like to say like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Mm. And if it's a maybe it's a no, (laughs) you know, yes, very, very sassy. But, and sometimes I don't say that to clients because they, that might be a little too harsh for them. Oh, I love it. But yeah, I would, before you go to the container store and you buy anything, don't buy anything yet. First, figure out what needs to stay there and what doesn't and see what you have around the house for, you know, what bins and baskets are left over. A lot of people have those things, but they're just so stuffed full that they think they need more when really what they need to do is get rid of some things. But then once you put it back together, then you can probably see 
okay, I could use four more baskets here, or I could use like a shelf divider here. Um, that would be my blanket advice for organizing. As far as like a day-to-day -day thing, my number one tip was like, if you don't, if you don't want to, if you don't, sometimes it's really hard to look at your closet and be like, I need to, I need to clean and purge this whole thing. Like that's really overwhelming. That's where I'm at right now. Okay. Yeah. That, unless if you do that, I recommend, I recommend doing, um, closet cleanouts when you're angry because <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. What a great tip. I did that. I did that. I was so, I don't remember what I was pissed off about, but I was mad and I filled 17 trash bags, like full of stuff. I was like, we're getting rid of all of this. <laughs> That's incredible. And there, I actually told the story to my client yesterday and she's like, well, when you did that, like, do you miss anything? And I'm like, there's one sweater that I wish, oh. I but it's not so much so that I'm like, I can't get dressed without this sweater. Like I can, you know, it's right. but 17 trash bags out of, and I, there's just one sweater that I'm still like, huh? I could yeah. Think. That's fucking Not that. Crazy. I mean, I'm seriously like, I'm sitting here thinking like, I'm probably going to employ you to help me figure out my damn closet from afar. Yeah. Which but if you don't, I'm sorry. If you, what I've meant to say at the end of the spiel is if you don't have a whole day take like 10 minutes take like take one trash bag and just say I'm going to stop as soon as this trash bag's full like you don't have if you can do a little bit every day even like while you're cooking dinner if you open up your utensil drawer and you're like why do I have six whisks I need mm. how often are me and my partner you know whisking, whisking six things <laughs> that I can like let's keep the best most loved things and let's get rid of everything else I mean this is such smart like common sense stuff but I think you just get so wrapped up that you just like you just like open your eyes and suddenly you have six whisks and you're like wait what the fuck yeah or like for me it's always spatulas I always have mm. so many spatulas yeah and like four of them are like like warped and melted from like the oven or like leaving them on the griddle or yes I don't know things like that like you can do little bits every day I throw away a lot of my kids toys oh I you know sometimes when people aren't looking things just happen right right now McDonald's has Pokemon cards and I was cleaning up after dinner this happened last week and Charlie's like, um, mom, where's my, where's my Pokemon cards? And I was like, oh, um, and Casey was like, yeah, where, he just had those. Where are those? I was like, oh, I think I saw them upstairs. I literally went to the garage and dug them out of the recycling. Oh my God. You are super mom for that. <laughs> no, cause it's just, I'm like, there's no point in having the shit in our house. Like, yeah. But little things, little things. You don't have to be as insane as I am. Okay. So my last question, um, well, I guess it's like a two-parter, but basically, and I mean, you don't have to go into super detail if you're not ready to, but are you going to expand and then off and then also, I know that you said you you offer visual um or sorry, virtual, you know, yeah, meetings. Services. Yeah. Services. Are you going to like expand that more? 
Um, and then obviously I want you to tell people like where they can find you and everything like that before we say goodbye. Okay. Um, yes, that's the plan. I loved what we did. I thought that that was super valuable for, for both of us to kind of like go through together. Cause that was the first thing time I've ever done that. But um, I would love to offer virtual services. So what that would look like is someone still reaching out and saying, I would like virtual services. And then we would communicate um, either probably first through like FaceTime or through photos, send me a photo of your space, send me dimensions, tell me about like your budget and product preferences. And then from there, um, in a slightly more formal way than we did it of not me just text bombing you like <laughs> you're like move this one inch to the right no I I know no it was amazing it was very particular like can you get the paper towels more perpendicular <laughs> <laughs> no but then I would probably send them um, quantities and certain links to products. And then again, probably give them a diagram of about how it would look. And then um, they could execute it from there. But a lot of interior designers do the same thing virtually. Like you can send them a photo of your living room and maybe like this couch, this mm. like Minted does that for artwork. And okay. it's very similar to um, organizing. I like to think of what I do as like the final touch to interior design because it really is, I focus a lot on aesthetics and, and function and flow of, of this space. That's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so where can people find you if they are? I mean, obviously on Instagram at all organized, but your website and all of that, if they wanna, if they wanna book something with you. Uh, website is www.allorganized.com yellow pages no um, <laughs> and then my email is allorganized.com all is a-u-l-l um that's it yeah instagram gmail and the website love it yeah easy peasy I mean, you've taught me some really awesome tips to keep in mind when I'm doing anything on my own. So I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for making organizing sound cool. It is cool. And for anyone who has anxiety, it's like a really amazing thing to have. Yeah. I've had clients like cry when it's over and not like just from like the mental relief. And I've had like clients text me months after saying that they feel like an elephant's not standing on their chest anymore. Like it really is, I think should be filed under like mental health. Like I completely agree with that. I mean, yeah, just getting, I, I, I'm not kidding you ever since you helped me do the bathroom closet. If I'm having a moment, because it's like the most organized thing right now in our house, I will go and open the door and just like, look at it. Yes, I know. It helps, you know, it's better than drugs and alcohol. So true. I mean, those are also good and they do like have their purpose. Yeah, absolutely. But not in, you know what? Everything in moderation. I think having a glass of wine and organizing, it just sounds like a dream come true, you know? Wow. Wow. And again, probably why I have four friends and no repeat play dates. (laughs) 
Well, it's been amazing having you on. Yes, thank um, you. Everyone go follow Emily. And if you have some organizational needs, reach out to her. And that's that. Thank you. You're so welcome. Bye. Bye.